This is the Truth and Power Podcast with Ryan Edberg. Welcome to Truth and Power. I'm Ryan Edberg, and I'm going to talk today about being hard-pressed but not crushed. Um, a lot of people have felt like 2020 has been a year that they were hard-pressed, right? We can look back and see maybe we weren't crushed, though. Um, I'm going to go through some of this with you in uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 15. It's a very uh, famous passage, but I'm going to read this to you real quick, and then we're going to break it down. I'm going to show you what in the world Paul's talking about. It says, but we have this treasure. We're going to try to find out what the treasure is in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Sounds like somebody should make a song out of that. <laughs> Just kidding. Always c- carrying about in the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that life of Jesus also may be manifest in our bodies. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our mortal flesh, so that the death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have um, the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raises up, up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abundance to the glory of God. Now, there's a lot here that I want to show you guys. And we got to find out, how are you even able to say um, we're hard-pressed on every side. Have you ever gone through life and you felt like life's just crashing down on you and every single angle, no matter where you go, it just feels like you're hitting a brick wall. It's just pushing and you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders and it's coming in at every different way. There's no way out. I love what Paul's saying here. It says that we are hard-pressed, not just pressed. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet we are not crushed. See, the world would say, I'm hard-pressed on every side, and I am crushed. It says that we are not perplexed, but not in despair, right? So we are perplexed, but not in despair. But the world would say, I don't know the answers, and I'm freaking out about it, right? Perplexed means you don't quite have all the answers, but not in despair. I don't need to be uh, down because I don't have all the answers right now. It's persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. And we look at this and we wonder, how in the world are we able able to even say this? Paul's writing a lot of these letters uh, from prison, chained up, right? So he's chained, he's writing letters and uh, to the Corinthian people. And how is he able to write this stuff that he's hard-pressed on every side, but he's not crushed? Um, we look at some of this and we realize what he's going through. And we realize as Christians, we don't have to go through the same thing that uh, everybody else does in the world. I want to show this to you. You remember uh, Moses in Exodus? Exodus 33, and we'll start in 12. But we're talking about grace for a moment. And it says, Moses said to the Lord, See, 
you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name and you have found sight or found grace in my sight. Therefore, I pray if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way that I may know you and that you may find grace in your sight and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your present does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Let me pause here for a moment. What's happening before this this uh, these verses is God saying to Moses, hey, your people are stiff-necked people. I'm not going with you. You take them into the promised land. Get them there. I'll lead and guide you, but I'm not going with you. If I go with you, I'm going to end up killing them all on the journey because they just don't listen to a thing that I say. And then Moses repeats back to God. He says, you say to me, bring up this people, and you haven't let me even know. And then he says, and I know you by name. This is what God had said to him. And that I have also found grace in my sight. So Moses quotes back to God what God had told Moses before. And he literally, you see, the very next thing that God says is that I will go with you. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Now, if you understand grace, this is the right side of the cross, what Jesus paid for. But yet Moses has somehow found this grace, right? Moses found this grace that you and I didn't quite have. And Moses then getting a grace that we didn't have is quoting back to God the things that God said, and God changes his mind and says, I'm going to go with you. And now not only have you found grace in my sight, which shouldn't exist yet, but I'm also going to give you the promise of rest. That was a promise that we got because of Jesus. We can now enter into his rest, but he's giving it to Moses. This is, this is amazing. This is incredible. Look here. It says, for how will we know be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except for you go with us. So we shall be separate. Moses is literally saying, if you're not going, no, I'm not going. Your people and I for all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also uh, do this that you have spoken for you have found grace in my sight and I know you by name. And he said, please show me your glory. So literally this is, this should not be being even asked right now, right? Moses is having a conversation with God where God's not going with him. And Moses remembers what God said, that Moses had found grace in his sight and that he knew him by name. So Moses repeats back to God what God had even said. And God gets excited, right? When you quote the word of God, God gets excited, right? When you need healing, you start to quote healing scriptures and say, by his stripes we are healed. By the blood of Jesus, God gets excited because it's faith, right? So Moses is now quoting back to God what God says, and God not only gives him um, grace, but then a, a promise of rest. So Moses is now pushing the limits even more. And what does he say? He says, show me your glory, right? And this is what God says. He says, and then he said to them, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will 
proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be while the glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover your hand and will pass by. Then I will take my hand and you shall see my backside, but my face shall not be seen. This is huge. So Moses is saying, show me your glory. And the Lord says, I'm not going to show you my face. I can't show you my face. It's not for you to see. But I will put you in the rock. I will cover your face. And when I walk by, you can see the backside of me. And here we realize that Moses wrote the five books, first five books of the Bible, which literally was before his time. So God was showing Moses the past. He was showing him what was to come. He said, you cannot see what's to come. You cannot see my face. Why? You cannot see Jesus yet, but you can see what, what has come, right? What has already happened. You can see the backside. And Moses writes the five first books of the Bible. And this is a huge revelation if you start to understand this. He says, show me your glory. It's not for you to see, is what God said. Now, I want to show you this real quick. 2 Corinthians 3, 7 and 18. I'm not going to read all of this to you, but I'm going to kind of skim through this. But I want you to go look up 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. It says, um, if the ministry of death, we know, uh, was written and engraved on stones, we know that this came from Moses, the law, right? Was gracious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily on the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance. The glory was passing away. Will How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, notice the word glory used over and over again. What did Moses ask to see in Exodus? Show me your glory. Now here in the New Testament, Paul's talking about the glory. It says, for if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteous exceed much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because the glory that excels for if what is glorious where for if what is passing away was glorious what remains is much more glorious therefore since we have such hope we use great boldness of speech unlike moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away but their minds were blinded for until this day, that same veil remains unlifted when reading the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. This is huge. Pay attention. It says, but even to this day, when Moses has read, the veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one returns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Here it goes. Now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. What Moses was begging for to see the glory of God is what we are promised is the glory of God. Now, 
beholding through Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God now dwells within man. Moses wanted to see just a glimpse of what was to come, and he was told, no, you can just see the past. But now, with unveiled faces, we get to see the glory of God through Jesus and that Holy Spirit living in the inside of us. What Moses was begging, we get now as a free gift. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it says, For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in the hearts to give light to the the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I hope you guys understand what he's saying here. This is so huge. What Moses was begging for, that glory on the inside is known as the light, right? If you look up glory, it's a weighty a girthy, a heaviness, the light that's in there, it's bursting out. It's um, to, to understand and research the glory of God. It's a substance that's just so heavy and big and we can't even comprehend it. And I want to show this to you because we, we read that first, um, uh, we read that first scripture on, on how we're hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. Let me show you this all together. In Second uh, Corinthians four sixteen, it says, "Therefore we do not not lose heart, even though the outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by the day." We look at some of this stuff, and we realize that if you were to take a bottle of water and you were to go um, up. In an airplane, you had two bottles of water. Let's say you drank one and you were to put the lid on. You left the other one full of water. As you descend, there's more pressure the lower you get, right? There's more um, weight. And so one of the bottles that doesn't have the water in it um, begins to shrink up um, because the air is getting sucked out and it's just being pressed on every side and it begins to sink. But the, the, the water on the inside of the other bottle, it doesn't squish the bottle because water is heavier than the air on the outside that's pushing in. And the higher you go, the less pressure there is. And there's a message in that all on its own. That's why you can float in space. Um, but when you literally start to understand that greater is he that lives within me than he that's in the world. You understand that this pressure that's on all sides cannot crush you because of what's on the inside. The glory of God that's on the inside of you is a lot heavier than what's on the outside of you. And what is pushing and trying to crush your life cannot crush you if you realize the Spirit of God is on the inside. And what that glory is that Moses begged to see, the grace and that rest that was given to Moses was promised to you. And yet Moses screamed out at the end, show me your glory. And God said, I cannot show you what's to come. I can't show you my face, but I can show you my hindsight so you can write the Old Testament, but I'm going to, I can't show you what's coming. It, it would it would crush you. It would kill you to see 
this relationship with the Holy Spirit living on the inside. You want to be close to me? It's about to get really good after Jesus dies. And we see Jesus dying and him saying, I'm not going to leave you orphans anymore, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit with you. And then him empowering the disciples to go forward. Jesus didn't leave you orphans. He said, I will come to you. And he's living on the inside of you. And that glory that Moses beg to see living on the inside of you is heavier than anything that this world is trying to crush you with. And so if you realize that and you begin to understand that this world is coming down, you can look at it and you can say, we are hard pressed on every side, yet we are not crushed. We are perplexed. We might not have all the answers, but I'm not in despair because I trust my God. We're persecuted, but God hasn't left us. We can be struck down for a moment, but we are not destroyed. And you start to realize some of this. And God, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. So I want to encourage you guys today. You might feel like the pressures of life are coming down on you, but you are not going to be crushed. You are not going to be destroyed. You can move forward in power because you've got the glory of Almighty God living on the inside, waiting to move in power. So I want to encourage you guys today to understand that, start to realize that glory. Research it out and study this out. This is huge. Most people don't know what they have on the inside. They don't know who they are in Christ. They don't know what the cross actually paid for. They don't realize the Holy Spirit's on the inside waiting to come out in power. They just look at life and say, I'm being crushed and I'm probably going to be um, broken. I'll probably be left dead and laying on the side of the road. I'm, you know, pressure on all sides and I'm going to be broken and crushed. You know, that's not how we need to be as as Christians. We have the Holy Spirit, God on the inside, and that's more weighty than anything that this world can push against you. So you will not be crushed. You will not be destroyed. Be encouraged today. Know your God and be blessed. Thank you for listening to Truth and Power, and we will catch you on the next episode of Truth and Power. To keep up with everything Ryan has going on, go to KingdomYouthConference.com or follow him at Facebook.com slash Ryan Edberg Music.